Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am not a Luke Getze guy. I'm on record last week saying that he's in over his head. I stand by that. I'm not a, I'm not a big believer in Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze to develop fields right now, obviously. Fields looks like he's a guy that needs someone else. <laughs> you know what I mean? He needs someone else entirely. I don't know who it is. Andy Reid, uh, you know, Sean McVay, name your quarterback guru. I don't know. Uh, he needs someone. Kyle Shanahan. Yes, Kyle Shanahan could be it. Uh, yeah, it, it, Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze, they don't seem to be the guys. But Fields is kind of admitting to us, isn't he, that he's struggling to take on coaching, right? He's struggling. He's in the second year now with Getze. He's, he's been through full off seasons. He went through last season where he had some success at the end. Like, he shouldn't be regressing this much. He should not be struggling to take on coaching. He should be building on what he learned last year, right? Like, you still need, I mean, you can be you, you can be free and do that stuff and do your thing out there. We all love it. But you also have to be able to do the fundamental things that a quarterback has to do to last in the NFL, right, Alyssa? You have to be able to process the defense. You have to be able to sort through all those progressions that you, you got to be able to get the ball out quicker. Fields' delivery is just too slow a lot of the times. You got to get the ball out. You got to execute that stuff. If you're not, you're screwed. You're not going to last, right? Uh, it doesn't matter who your coaches are. If you can't do those fundamental things, if you can't do both, if you can't be creative and also run an actual offense and stand in the pocket and deliver the ball, then there's going to be problems. And it feels like he's he's definitely struggling to do that. Welcome into the program, everybody. Ryan O'Leary here along with Alyssa Barbieri. It's the Bears Wire podcast. We are powered by the USA Today Network. Alyssa, of course, is the managing editor of the Bears Wire. Uh, Alyssa, hi. How are you? How are you holding up with your football team right now? Uh, not great. Not great, Ryan. <laughs> uh, that that was rough. Um, I feel like Taylor Swift was the only thing that saved me from that game. And then her, them just talking about her and kind of taking some of some of the uh, the criticism or even more that they would that the Bears would have gotten because, like, I mean, you could even hear the announcers. They were just like. Just like, okay, we're just going to keep talking about how bad the Bears are. And then, okay, let's go back to Taylor Swift. Let's go back to how bad the Bears are. Like, I mean, it was brutal. I mean, going into this game, we talked about it. And I about how, like, the Chiefs, they, what was it, 12 and a half? They were favorites, like, heading in right before game time. Yep. It was an easy bet. I was at a wedding this weekend in North Carolina. And uh, I was trying to convince my uncle, uh, who's in Detroit, to take the – to take the Chiefs 12 and a half easy money. He's like, no, that's a lot. Double digit. I'm like, no, trust me. This You're is right. easy money. Uh, you know, short, you know, short story. I mean, he didn't take them and then he now, now he's regretting it, obviously. But I mean, we talked about it last week. We fully expected the Bears to lose this game. And then obviously, after we filmed this podcast, a whole bunch of stuff happened on Wednesday because we filmed on Tuesday. So, like that week, I mean, leading to this performance, I mean, it makes sense. But I still didn't think it was going to be that bad. I was hoping that, I don't know, like after the week that they had, that they would kind of, I don't know, just come like with determination and a little bit of effort. And it was just yep. more of the same. And I feel like this team is done already and it's week three. 
And Ryan, I don't know how I'm supposed to do 14 more, 14 more games like this. It's it's rough. It is rough. The good news is you get paid to to cover the team, so that's good. That right? is true. That helps. That that's helps. True. There are Bears fans out there that are paying their own money to watch Alyssa. So just think of them. In, in I would have turned of, the game off. Yeah, not. in this time of sorrow. But <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Should we just do Taylor Swift talk? Like we could talk about like Travis Kelsey does not deserve her. You know that like yes. we could do that. Oh my god. Um, but she's anyway. like single-handedly saving economies and say and like somehow making NFL ratings, which are already number one and through the roof, even better. Uh-huh. Yeah. So and thank you, t- thank you, Taylor, for making the Bears Chiefs game and where the Bears were humiliated, uh, the most watched game this season. So thank you for that. Appreciate that, girl. Um, sure. The wire yeah, sites, uh, the wire sites for <laughs> USA Today are definitely reaping the benefits. The kid, I'm sure Chiefs Wire is having. I I don't know oh, the numbers, yeah. the metrics, Alyssa, but that must be one of the number one red sites because of the taylor swift stuff with travis kelsey um, there's oh, no doubt absolutely. there's no doubt so we could just do taylor swift talk if, if this gets to a point where we need to right um that'll, we'll, be, that'll, that'll be our happy place yeah that could be the happy place i do love taylor swift you know what i like her old stuff i'm kind of an oldie with her but that's fine um it's it's all good love my wife all. my wife's a diehard uh but anyway you're right on wednesday Hallis Hall was basically, uh, it, it caught fire, a dumpster fire is what I would say. The dumpster caught fire outside Hallis Hall. It was taking, I mean, we had, first of all, we had Justin Fields sounding off on, uh, you know, saying that the coaching has played a role in him overthinking, quote, not being me. He said he wants to think less, play more. So he did that. He talked openly with the media about the coaching. It was great. Uh, I, I really appreciated his candor and I want to talk a little bit more about that. So Fields clearly fed up disgruntled, all that, air some uh, grievances. Then Ryan Poles comes out. He feels like he has to address the media after what Fields says, but also with what's going on with his defensive coordinator, Alan Alan Williams, right? Mysteriously stepped away from the team, and then rumors were swirling about a a FBI raid, which I think were later debunked or whatever. But yeah, now Alan Williams has left and issued a statement about he's taking a step back to take care of his mental health and family, uh, but also... There are there's stuff out there that, you know, this was a, you know, inappropriate behavior is the word that I think Adam Schefter used. So there's all kinds of that crap going on. And then never mind the fact that the Bears are in the state that they are right. Uh, 0-3 and not getting better. And the quarterback seems to be regressing. So Wednesday was a bleep show, literal. Uh, where do you want to start, Alyssa? Justin, you want to start with Fields? <laughs> I mean, I feel like we should start there. <laughs> I, I think we have to. most natural. <laughs> yeah, he's... He's clearly fed up. Um, I think the top takeaway here, let's, let's just go through our top takeaways from what we heard from Fields and what Ryan Pohl said about him, right? I mean, Pohl's talked about Fields struggling, to paraphrase, he said kind of like he's struggling to merge what he does well, which is kind of using his athleticism, his creativity, right, Alyssa, to extend those plays, burn the defense by, I think, kind of snuffing out those broken coverages as he extends a play or just using his legs to burn them, right? We, we, seen that. we saw that last year. It was tremendous. It was awesome. The Bears were like a must-watch, even though they couldn't win. They were a must-watch. Fields was brilliant last year at the end of the year. Just fun to watch. Uh, so Paul said that, that he's struggling to merge that version of Fields and then this new one that the coaches are trying to work with him on, which is, hey, we have DJ Moore now. We have Chase Claypool. We still have Cole Komet. Like, we have all these weapons, the backs. Like, let's use these guys. Let's create an offense where you can, you know, both have some structure in the pocket but also get outside, right? They're trying to merge those two worlds Pohl says that Fields is struggling there, and Fields basically out, outright told us last week, right, Alyssa, that coaching has him kind of changing the way he plays, right? He can't get out of his own head. It, he doesn't feel like himself on the field. So it's a massive 
problem, right? I mean, the fact that he's struggling to merge those two worlds and he's not able to take the coaching or the coaching's not getting through to him or they're not working with him the right way or whatever you want to say, it's a mess. Yeah, I mean, I think there's plenty of blame to go around uh, because, I mean, there are plenty of people out there making excuses for for fields, which, I mean, there are because you look at this, you know, coaching situation and, you know, from the moment he stepped into the league with Matt Nagy as his offensive coordinator and then learning a new offense with Luke Getze and Luke Getze, you know, we, we were told that he was going to come in and build the offense around fields and he did the opposite and is now trying to force fields into his offense and try to feel force fields to be the kind of quarterback that he wants, you know, like Aaron Rodgers was in green Bay and that's just not the case at the same time fields does need to be held accountable for his role in this. And he just looks like, I mean, he was talking about how he felt a little less robotic out there and he looked maybe a little less, but that wasn't really saying much. Um, I mean, though, if you watch like the film too, you can see that at least like with this week too, you know, he was going downfield with the ball, but a lot of guys, they weren't getting open. So like, I mean, the receivers also deserve some of the blame as well. It's just, it's really frustrating because I saw this clip going around on Twitter that were highlights from, do you remember the Monday night game, uh, Bears Steelers in his rookie year? Uh, refresh my memory. That was the game where, like, I don't know, Fields, like, can't, I thought that was his coming out party where he drove them back. They almost won. That was that controversial mm-hmm. call where Cassius Marshus, you know, had the the taunting uh, call. Yeah, that one. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Yeah. And, like, there were clips from that, like, highlights. And you just see, like, it's a he was a completely different quarterback in his rookie year. He was out there confident, letting it rip immediately, throwing his receivers open, like, not overthinking things. And you kind of look at, to, to see how far he's come in just two years in a bad way, it's it's frustrating because he had the potential and he, you know, that's the frustrating thing. And, you know, it just feels like going back to his comments, you know, I mean, in a way I was like, okay, yeah, he, you could see that fields was kind of like, okay, I'm not going to be your scapegoat because it did, it does kind of like feel like the bears are trying to, to set him up for that. So then they can move on next year and, you know, draft their quarterback. If they are here, because who knows we're in week four now and the, you know, we can see Kevin Warren might clean house entirely, which I mean, I think would be best at this point, but Probably, yeah. it, it just, just start it new. Cause like when you look at everything, you know, Ryan Poles inherited Justin Fields, as did Matt Eberflus, Kevin Warren inherited Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. I mean, it's just like, you want to kind of start where you have your president and then he kind of makes the moves and everything is like a trickle down effect. So, I mean, I don't know. The whole situation is, it's just a mess right now. And it, it's it's really sad to kind of see see just how much Fields has regressed when we came into this, se- this season really expecting him to do the opposite. And, I mean, yeah, it's just – it's sad. And, and even when he said, like, this week he was going to come out and do that, I think he wanted to and he was trying to. But, you know, when he did make some of those downfield passes – uh, you know, guys drop them like DJ Moore. You know, I'm like, that was, you know, surprising to me to see DJ Moore dropping a pass. Um, they're dropping them. They're not getting open, not getting separation. I mean, it was frustrating um, just all around and you want to see it click. And it just feels like a carbon copy of last season. Cause guess what, Ryan, guess what's coming up in uh, next week, that Washington commanders Thursday night football game, just like last year. <laughs> oh, you can't wait for and that it one. It feels like, <laughs> <laughs> and it feels like the same thing is happening. And but I don't this time I don't expect them to turn it around. Um, but it's like even if they do, Luke Etsy, what what the heck has taken you so long? I mean, it's it's bad, but you know, maybe playing you know the Broncos this week, a defense that we saw gave up 70 points uh last week. Maybe this is the first step. You know, maybe this is this is a get a get right game for Fields 
and for this offense. And Luke Getzey really also needs to do his part as well. Yep, I agree with all that. And, and go, just going back to what Field says, um, I do applaud him for sounding off. I I think he gets a lot of flack for like, I know he gets a lot of flack, I should say, for playing too robotic on the field, right, Alyssa? But also at the podium too, right? You know, he just kind of goes through the motion yeah. sometimes, short answers, uh, you know, just says, you know, the the kind of, he, he says some stuff, but he doesn't say much, that kind of thing. Uh, we've been waiting for him to kind of open up. We actually said after we were done recording, before he did this, we actually said, "Hey, like we should pay attention to his press conferences and see if he, we can find him getting angry." You know, right. and then he just did it for us. Right. It was like amazing. Uh, Thanks, Justin. Yep. So we've been waiting for him to kind of open up and be real with us. He definitely got some things off his chest. I appreciated it. I also think like the person kind of looking the worst after all that, kind of after his rant, is kind of Fields himself for a couple reasons. Um, I think if we're reading between the lines with what Fields and Poles both said at, at those pressers at face value, it paints a picture of a player who's really struggling to take coaching, right? That's what it is. And I am not a Luke Getze guy. I'm on record last week saying that he's in over his head. I stand by that. I'm not a, I'm not a big believer in Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze to develop Fields right now, obviously. Fields looks like he's a guy that needs someone else. <laughs> you know what I mean? He needs someone else entirely. I don't know who it is. Andy Reid, uh, you know, Sean McVay, name your quarterback guru. I don't know. Uh, he needs someone. Kyle Shanahan. Yes, Kyle Shanahan could be it. Uh, yeah. It, it, Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze, they don't seem to be the guys. But Fields is kind of admitting to us, isn't he, that he's struggling to take on coaching, right? He's struggling. He's in the second year now with Getze. He's, he's been through full off seasons. He went through last season where he had some success at the end. Like, he shouldn't be regressing this much. He should not be struggling to take on coaching. He should be building on what he learned last year, right? Like you still need, I mean, you can be you, you can be free and do that stuff and do your thing out there. We all love it, but you also have to be able to do the fundamental things that a quarterback has to do to last in the NFL, right? Alyssa, you have to be able to process the defense. You have to be able to sort through all those progressions that you, you got to be able to get the ball out quicker. Fields is delivery is just too slow. A lot of the times you got to get the ball out. You got to execute that stuff. If you're not, you're screwed. You're not going to last, right? Uh, it doesn't matter who your coaches are. If you can't do those fundamental things, if you can't do both, if you can't be creative and also run an actual offense and stand in the pocket and deliver the ball, then there's going to be problems. And it feels like he's he's definitely struggling to do that. And uh, it really sounds like he's disgruntled, right? It doesn't feel like he's going to last in Chicago much longer. And it, and it does feel to me like the coaching staff is starting to lose faith in him a little bit. Here's the only comment I have about the Chiefs game other than Taylor Swift, <laughs> okay? The only comment I have about that debacle, 41-10, the Bears completed 11 passes. It's just horrible. Fields talked about it after the game, Alyssa. He said that the game plan was to run the football. We wanted to run the football. He said that was the game plan. And I literally slammed my head against the table, right? I, I did. I just could not stand when he said that. I'm like, all right, so you're telling me that against Mahomes and the Chiefs, you're going to center the game plan around running the football, with the way you play defense. We talked about the defense at length last week on our show, Alyssa, right? Worst defense in the league by far. Um, and worst defense I've seen in a long time. Like, come on. Like, that's the plan going into Kansas City. We're going to run the ball, try to beat them, what, 21 to 16 or something? That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Come on. So Fields doesn't trust the coaching, and he's not really understanding what's going on there, but also the coaches are trying to scheme around their quarterback, right? Who they don't think gets it. So that's a problem. That's a, that's a huge mess. Like you said, it is a huge freaking mess. 
Uh, and it just, it's starting to feel to me, Alyssa, like Fields' time is numbered in Chicago. Do you, are you starting to feel that way? Yeah. And it's crazy that I'm thinking this in week four, right? But like, like to your point too, I do think there's like a lot of, you know, there's not, there's no trust there. Like whether it's Fields trusting his coaches or trusting his offensive line or trusting his receivers or his coaches trusting Fields. Like, I mean, like there's a lot of like distrust there and like, that's not, good because you got to go out there and run your game plan like you got to be a team like that is literally what you're doing um so like they need to figure something out and i'm who knows i I do feel like this we could be a get right game for the offense not saying they're gonna win but just like show some sign of life or something you know like that you can go out there and when it's not just scripted plays like the first series go out there and show that you can actually make adjustments on the fly and score touchdowns drive down the field i mean I don't want to wait until that mini bye week after the Thursday night game for something to happen. Like, I don't know. It's, it does feel like that though. And that's sad too, because I, you know, thinking about how, what this is feels his third year and he might not be here next year. And I mean, you look at the talent. I still remember the night that he was drafted and like those, the reaction videos out there, how excited people were because he was the best quarterback prospect that this team has had. Like, in a very, 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 very long time. And to kind of see how it's kind of happened. I mean, the quarterback curse is alive and well in Chicago. And I mean, looking at looking ahead to next year, I mean, if, if we're going down this route again, Ryan polls, you know, he didn't draft fields. He doesn't have to be committed to him. He could, we've seen polls is, you know, more than willing to trade guys and bring in the guys that he wants and to build the roster his way. So assuming he's still here, we could very well see him do that and go out and get his quarterback. And the way things go in Chicago, I mean, if it's Caleb Williams, I mean, then we're going to go through this all over again and pray that they don't ruin him. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just like a frustrating, just like circle over and over. But yeah, it, it's disappointing too because the the talent, like we talked about, and the potential that Fields has, and to see, I mean, if we look even looking ahead, like from the off season, if we'd said, okay. Where do you think Fields is going to be after week three, right, of this season? I mean, I think we we did mention that maybe it would be a slow start for the offense because there are some new there are some new pieces in place, but I don't think we would assume that Fields would look this dejected and just like he like even looking at him at his press conference on Wednesday, he just looks completely done. Yeah, different guy like, than the week before. Yep, just deflated and. I mean, we wanted the guy from last week, not only in the press conference, but on the field as well. And it, it felt like we didn't get an opportunity to see that because the game was over so quickly. Because, yes, the Bears defense was able to get a stop on that first series. You know, the Bears offense, you know, they were, you know, it, it just felt like it was over very quickly. Like the offense, they were moving, but they couldn't finish. And then all of a sudden, look, they're down 14 nothing. It's 21 nothing, And then it's, it's 34 nothing at halftime. And you're like, what What the hell just happened? <laughs> 27 points like, in the second still- <laughs> quarter. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yep. Fast it, break. It's, it's so disappointing because, I mean, who knows? I We've seen crazier things. I don't know. We have 14 more games. Maybe I don't know. Maybe Fields has just, I don't know, maybe a miracle happens. I don't know. I don't expect that to happen. But it is a valid point that you brought up, like, this, that this could be his last year. You know, because it doesn't really sound like the coaches or even Ryan Poles are super confident in Fields being the long-term answer. And if they have that number one overall pick, I, I mean, and Caleb Williams is there, I mean, you you have to take him. Oh, yeah. We talked about that last week, and we're both in 100% agreement there. And 
we were joking before we hit record that the Bears could feasibly have the top two picks next year because yeah. we do have the Panthers pick as well. Um, so that's a neat little trick that Ryan Poles might pull off. Uh, but it's not so neat at the moment, right? But I, I do believe that. I think I think, I think, think Fields' time is numbered at the moment. I think there is an expiration date on him with the Bears. Uh, and I think that could change, but it would have to change in short order, right? It would have to change this season. I don't think he gets another year. I think he, he probably has the next month or so, Alyssa, to kind of prove to the organization that he's the guy over player X. And player X can be whoever it is, Caleb Williams or whatever, you know, pick whatever quarterback you want to pick out of the draft or whatever. Player X is the next Bears quarterback, right? He has to prove to the organization he's the guy over player X. And I think Fields knows it. And I think that's kind of a big reason why he wanted to vent some stuff during that media availability last week. Uh, because right now, I mean, he's completing 58% of his passes. He's got more picks than touchdowns, right? Serious regression in his own running game. Like he's he's not rushing the same way. Serious regre- regression in him just processing the defense and getting the ball out, I thought. Um, all of it's taken a step back. If this continues, I mean, it feels like he's going to be out, right? It's like player X is going to yeah. step in. So that's and just where I'm at. Point, yeah. And to your point, you mentioned player X, right? So like the bears have Tyson Bajan on their roster and that I feel like at some point, if things are so bad, you have to see what you have in him. Like you, you owe it to yourselves and you owe it to Bajan to see what you have in him. So down the line, if things really spike, continue to spiral, they're already spiraling, continue to spiral out of control to the point where God knows how long this losing streak is, whatever your record is, and you know, you've know you already made up your mind that you're done with fields or whatnot, like, you have to put Bajan in there and see what you have in him. Like We've seen the Brock Purdy of it all. Like, Is he the next Brock Purdy? He looked, He's someone who is like the complete opposite of fields in terms of just pocket presence and awareness and just trusting where the ball's going to be. Mm-hmm. And just like, so you have to see what you have in him. Before you make the decision, which I still think you go, you go Caleb Williams if you have the number one pick. But I mean, see what you got in him. Maybe you could trade him too, or, or you have a really solid backup quarterback. But I mean, I can't believe we're talking about this, Ryan. At this point, this is it's real. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, this is this is real. That's I mean, insane. I, it is. I like the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Fields is really struggling. He, he's he's not he's not taking the coaching well. He's not connecting with Getzey. And it doesn't sound like Getze, Eberflus, or any of these guys are going anywhere anytime soon, right? Ryan Poles are. It sounds like he's in their corner. You know, he calls Eberflus Flus. You know, and is and he's basically like batting the flames at Hallis Hall with the reporters saying, you know, it, it's all good with Justin. He's just not merging. You know, the way he wants to play with how the coaches want him to play. Well, that's not a good sign when the GM's saying that. He also says he's comfortable with the coach and he's got trust in Eberflus, even though, as you said, Alyssa, he's won three games. Um, he also said he's comfortable with the team on paper and thinks it's just a slow start and that he talked about how, you know, with Kansas City, he had slow starts before. He saw the team go through slow starts. And this is just something that happens in the NFL. So sometimes you just have a slow start and it turns around for you. Does it feel right now like things are going to turn around for the Chicago Bears state of their Hell situation? No. no. <laughs> so I thought Poles was out there kind of kind of blowing smoke up our, up our you know backsides, if, if I'm being honest. You know what I mean? Like, come on, Ryan Poles. You're not comfortable with this team on paper. You might be comfortable at, comfortable with it later on when you get to cash in these high draft picks you have coming up, especially if the team keeps losing, and the Panthers do too. But I just, I disagree, especially with the personnel on defense, the way that thing's been built. Like, come on, uh, you know, did, what, what were some of your takeaways about what he, the the GM said, Alyssa? I thought he he went out there in crisis management mode, obviously, 
But I don't think he was as truthful. Like, he wasn't as truthful as Justin, Field- Justin Fields was the day prior. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, agreed. And I, I feel like at this point, there's plenty of blame to go around. And I just feel like Fields, and I, I, like I mentioned before, and kind of listening to him last week, like they're trying to make him out to be the scapegoat and to kind of blame everything. But you also look at, it's not just Fields, you know, that's the problem in the offense. The defense, which we haven't even talked about yet, um, is just god awful. And now they're banged up. Yep. And guess who helped assemble this defense? Ryan Poles. A lot of these additions, and we talked about this last week, I believe, and we'll continue to talk about it. Some of these guys that he went out and signed, I mean, the Bears have sacked the quarterback one time, which obviously ranks 32nd in the league they just have to gel Um, Alyssa. that's all just have to gel just have to gel my god like demarcus walker like who he paid i forgot he was on the team like like until they mentioned his name i'm like oh yeah no one's getting after the quarterback no one's getting home i mean yanni kingakwe had the one sack and that was in week one i mean it's just you look at all of the stats on defense like for ryan poles who hired a defensive-minded head coach who should come in and you know, make this a top defense or at least an adequate defense. And you look at all of the ranks of this defense so far. So points allowed, they rank 31st, passing defense 30th, rushing defense 20th, total defense 29th, third down conversions 32nd, red zone defense 29th, sacks 32nd. And then they got two garbage takeaways. Otherwise they would have been dead last in that too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, it's bad. Cause like there, we talk about blame and we blame fields. We blame the coaches, but Ryan Poles, like you said, does also deserve some of the blame. Cause this is the roster that he assembled. And I mean, he needs to share some of that as well. And like you mentioned, I mean, I don't know. The bears have never fired a head coach mid season. Um, and Mark Trustman was here. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm a, I don't know. We'll see how bad things get because it's 0-3. They've lost 13 straight. That could very well. They're, they're entering their easy portion of the schedule. So there should be a win somewhere here. But if things get really bad and you get just completely just dist- like if you get destroyed by the Broncos or something, I mean, at this point, I mean, Ryan Poles, you know, I feel like to say, hey, fire your head coach, right? It's him or me, you know, I'm picking me. Like, I don't know, because yep. Kevin Warren, I mean, that's the one difference in all of this. They finally have a president who can make these decisions and actually knows football. So we'll see just how this all transpires. But blame goes up from the top bottom. I mean, it's just bad. This is not one person causing all of this. I mean, this is just, it, it's been the, disgusting to watch these first three weeks they don't i never expected them to be this bad ryan i actually thought that they were be going to be competitive we saw last season remember last season when they had the worst roster in the league they were still competing with teams like the eagles and the bills they like, were a fun watch too yeah they were fun to watch too and like it's just it's like where where did that go what happened and after poll supposedly upgraded the roster and he did at different positions so it's I don't even know what's going on. Like it's, it's very, I, again, I feel like I'm in a dream. I'm in the twilight zone. I don't know what's going on. And I feel like even Matt Everflus is just waiting for it to get better or something. And like you listen to his press conferences or what he's telling the players. I'm just like, my God, really? It is trustman level stuff. It's like, you just Joe own Judge up level. to it. Accountability. Yep. Like you want accountability from the players. You need, you need to own up to your part in this as well. And that's to all the coaches. I mean, it just it's bad. And it and the thing is, Ryan, this might feel like rock bottom, but <laughs> it's probably gonna get worse and it definitely can. It's too early in the season for it to be rock bottom, right? There's there's 
further there's further to drop here yeah i i just share i share in the frustration it's it's so frustrating to hear them saying no no we're good we like where the roster is we like we like our what we see on paper we're just not gelling yet just wait till we gel it's gonna look different Uh, i don't know i don't think anything's gonna start magically gelling on that defense i'm sorry almost like you could have used the the preseason you know (laughs) seriously help gel right i mean i ranted about this last week forever Uh, i'm not gonna rehash that and people can go back if they can stomach it and listen to last week's podcast but again i'll just say this one line again i said this last week tj edwards look you got 17 tackles Alyssa. Isn't that isn't that awesome? T- Seventeen tackles from TJ. Tremaine Edwards had eight, so that's twenty five tackles between the, those two guys. What great pickups by the Bears, guys! The problem is the Chiefs had thirty one first downs. There's there's just so many tackles to go around. It's it's of course you're going to be tackling guys when they're getting first downs all the time, right? Like it's yep. just it's that's what it is. So how yeah, many no. sacks did they have, Ryan? Uh, let me count. Uh, zero. <laughs> Zero. Negative water. They, they didn't even sack Blaine Gabbert, although he did throw them a couple. So that's fine. But they yeah. didn't even sack Gabbert. So yeah, no, it's it's bad. So I guess the the silver lining is yes, this if there is a get right game, you, you might as well go play the team that's winless and just gave up seventy. <laughs> so that's the Denver Broncos. That's who the Bears have coming up next. We're gonna get into that. Hey, maybe maybe it gets the you know, the Broncos just gave up seventy. Maybe Justin Fields is a good start in your fantasy lineup. Are you giving up on Justin Fields out there in fantasy? Probably you are, right? At this point, he just threw for 99 yards, crying out loud. Well, the huddle.com's got some advice for us. Our friend Corey Bonini, he's got advice for week four and our fantasy lineups. And then Alyssa and I will be right back to talk Bears Broncos. Corey Bonini of the huddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week number four. Quarterback Daniel Jones, New York Giants versus Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks have given up the second most passing yards so far, allowing 339 per game, including 361 to Andy Dalton last week. We hate to be reactionary, but three straight games with at least 323 yards allowed is a trend that cannot be ignored. Jones may be without Saquon Barkley again, and Seattle may be without its two best defensive backs, so keep tabs on those situations. Either way, Jones is a reasonable gamble versus a team that has allowed 20.8% more fantasy points than the league average. And of the 131 attempts faced, a lone interception goes to Seattle's credit. Running back Alexander Madison, Minnesota Vikings at Carolina Panthers. Madison's 27 utilizations generated 125 yards of offense in Week 3, and he did his part in fending off the fast-tracking of Cam Akers, who was acquired last week from the Los Angeles Rams. Carolina has given up major points to running backs, mostly stemming from six rushing touchdowns over the course of 75 rushing attempts, and the 344 yards allowed sits as the fifth highest output. Only one team has surrendered more total yards per game to the position so far. Wide receiver Jerry Judy, Denver Broncos at Chicago Bears. After missing week one and shaking off the rust with a lackluster season debut, Judy started to look more like himself against Miami. He scored just over 13 points in PPR, and he should continue to see his role expand against a Chicago unit that has given up the 12th most yards per game to the position and also the 12th highest rate of scoring. He's no worse than a flex play and could produce strong wide receiver two results as Denver looks to overcome what was a miserable showing last Sunday. Tight end Dawson Knox, Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins. Knox scored two weeks ago, but he bookended that performance with just 5.5 and 2.1 PPR points respectively. He has scored in two of the last three meetings versus Miami. So far, the Dolphins have done a rather poor job of limiting the position to fantasy. The matchup rates seventh for receptions and also PPR points allowed, and Miami's given up tight end scores at the sixth highest rate. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, Alyssa, are you ready to talk about the uh, 2023 Dumpster Fire Bowl? Bears-Broncos here week four. 
That's what I'm coining this one, the dumpster fire bowl. Like yeah, I think the Bears are clearly are du- uh, clearly a dumpster fire, but so are the Broncos. They have their own crap going on over there. Uh, so here, here's the here's the situation. Okay, play a little game with me. We're in a town, right? Only one fire department for hundreds of miles. So you have one fire department. We have the Bears and the Broncos, respective dumpster fires on adjoining blocks in this town, right? You can only pick one. Whose dumpster fire is burning higher right now, right? Like which one? Whose flames can you see from the moon? Is it the Broncos coming off the 70 burger they gave up to the Dolphins? They've outright quit on their own defensive coordinator. I know we bitch and moan about Luke Getze over here, how we want him fired. Bears fans, all that. Same thing going on in Broncos country. They hate Vance Joseph. He wasn't even Sean Payton's like fourth or fifth option, but he ended up settling for Vance Joseph. He comes over from the Arizona Cardinals last year who sucked on defense. And now he has found a way to take the Denver Broncos defense, which is like the one thing they had going for him. They had this awesome defense the last few years, stemming back from the Vic Fangio days, right? And now they're giving up 70 points to the Dolphins. Woof. The, 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 he, he has taken one of the best defenses of football and transformed it into just puppy poo, right? It's just, it's unbelievable. So they got their own stuff going on over there. Or is it the Bears dumpster fire, who obviously the Bears can't get through a week at this point, Alyssa, without rumors of an FBI raid you know, tearing through Hallis Hall. That's pretty much where we're at with the Bears, right? They can't get through a week without rumors of that kind of crap going on. So which fire is burning brighter? Which dumpster fire is burning brighter? Which one are you attacking if you're the one fire department in town? I mean, and I mean, I, it might be a little bit biased, but also, I mean, I think the NFL world would agree with me that it's the Bears. I mean, they are just hot garbage at this point. They don't even look like they belong out in the same field. Hot flaming garbage. I mean, it's as any, as any opponent that they're playing. <laughs> It's just bad, but I, and that's pretty. That's pretty bad that I'm saying that considering they're playing the team and we're talking about the team that just lost by 50 points. Like, I mean, th- that's bad because, like, my instinct. I'm like, okay, yeah, the Bron- um, that game by the way was insane, and right. I'm like, thank God the Bears don't play the Dolphins this year because the the Bears are probably give up 80 or something. Well, just to like highlight how bad it is in Denver, right? So. The Dolphins just played the Patriots. And you know, I'm a Patriots guy. I watched that whole game. I'm, I'm a Patriots fan. Um, you know, the one thing Bill Belichick can still do, even though he's over 70 years old now, is he can he can dial up a scheme and scheme his defense, right? He can do that thing. And he played the Dolphins. Patriots played the Dolphins. Held them to 24 points. Held Tyreek Hill to five catches for 40 yards. Played a good game. The Patriots lost it by a touchdown. But it was, it was a good ball game. And the Patriots were actually driving at the end. They had a crazy play at the end that almost got a first down to extend a drive, a potential game-tying drive. Didn't work out. Got reversed on replay. Whatever. Um, they, lo- they lose by a touchdown. And Denver plays Miami the next week, right? And it's like literally Belichick just gave you the blueprint on what you do against the Dolphins, right? You got to keep them in front of you. Don't fall for all. I mean, Mike McDaniel is aw- Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins. He's awesome, right? This creative motion, the cool stuff they do on offense, all the misdirection and stuff, guys running all over the place. Where's the ball? Where's Tua? Who's got it? Like, oh man, that'd be nice, right? If we could have an offense like that, and that'd be pretty cool. Instead, you know, what is she, what's the Bears doing out here? Gee, it's not the same thing, is it? For you, that'd be oh, cool. Oh, Ryan, be cool if we get know, one of those offenses. Did you know that the Bears did? They did not interview Mike uh, Mike McDaniel during the when they were looking for a head coach. Good choice. Good they choice. Not to, and now look, look mm-hmm. at it. Instead, they went with the, with the defensive coordinator um, <clears throat> who was supposed to elevate this defense, uh, which is now, I mean, I think they're 31st now just because the Dolph, just because, I'm sorry, just because the Broncos gave up 70, yeah. but the Bears are still the worst defense or, I don't know, they're 31st or 32nd 
they're one of the worst who cares like every category yeah yeah so it's just bad all around oh it's just bad but so here's where i'm going with this the dolphins offense is awesome right the misdirection the motion guys run all over the place and it's all schemed up by mcdaniel to get the ball out of to his hands immediately and get it to their playmakers in open space and those guys just run away from you because they're fast they got speed all over the field it's really cool what they do but the patriots knew that you just got to stay back stay in your lane don't fall for the motion don't fall for the trickery in the misdirection, stay in your lane and tackle the guy when he's in front of you, limit the yak yards, and you'll be okay. So they kind of gave the blueprint. And Vance Joseph's Broncos go out there, Alyssa. First drive of the game, Miami's going down the field. And how do they score the opening touchdown of what ended up being a 70-point performance? Tyreek Hill, uncovered, down the seam, wide open, catches the ball, runs into the end zone for like a 40 or 50-yard bomb. Are you freaking kidding me? That is incompetence. That's what Denver's got going on over there. Incompetence on defense. And I think the players have absolutely quit on that defensive coordinator. They're not getting the message for Sean Payton, whatever. The offense has its own issues with Russell Wilson. Like, that's a dumpster fire in Denver. I still think Chicago's is burning brighter. I agree with you 100%. I yeah, I still think it's Chicago. <laughs> I still think that's the Hallis so Hall bad. situation's worse. Yeah, it, it is. Because I think once we get into this ball game. I think I'm picking the Broncos for a few reasons, but yeah, I, I do think uh, I think Chicago's dumpster fire is burning brighter, if you can believe it. But I just wanted to try to articulate that Denver's is definitely a dumpster fire as well. So this is definitely the dumpster fire bowl. That's what I've come up with for this game. Yeah, it, that's sad too because I mean, I was I don't know if you would have said, okay, the the Broncos are going to give up 70 points, lose by 50. And you'd be like, okay, how much are the Bears favored by? No, and they're not. They are not favored in this game. And I agree with that. I mean, it's bad just from the top of the organization right on down. I mean, they are bad at so many levels that, like, there are multiple holes in the sinking ship. Like, you cannot. It's going down. Like, you cannot stop yep. it. It's a Titanic. It is going down. It's going mm-hmm. down bad. It's going to be ugly. Um, yeah, Denver's not in a good situation either. This is one of those games where I don't know, Ryan. Maybe, maybe this is a get-right game the Bears need. Again, I'm not being optimistic because I don't. I lost that years ago uh, with this team. But I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they surprise us a little bit. Well, maybe this surprises because yeah. if there is a team to do it against, this is it. But I still think the Bears' defense is going to have its hands full with that with with the Denver offense because they can do some things. Even though this defense is just hot garbage. I mean, it's hot garbage all over the place. I mean, I feel like this is the game. It's a game where they're the two worst teams in the NFL right now. And I still think people would be interested in watching this game just to see what the heck happens and just how bad it's going to be. It's like a car crash on the side of the road. You cannot look away. You want to see what's going to happen next. I mean, I feel like that's what this that's what this game is going to be. And I feel like this should be one that's on, you know, in a good portion of the country just because people are curious just how bad and how ugly this is going to get. But it probably won't be, which which is why I'm glad no. I have Sunday ticket because I probably I'll get this no, game too. and I need I need to watch this one because this is an interesting one for me. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a wild one, and yeah, the Broncos are favored by three and a half points in Chicago. I'm with you. I think that's more than fair. I think Denver's going to win this ball game. I think they'll probably win it by like a touchdown or something, Alyssa. I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way, but I think Denver's a better football team than Chicago, and. Uh, I do think Chicago's situation, what's going on with the team, the state of the quarterback, the state of the offense, and just their the defense. I mean, I know Denver just gave up 70, but it's a week-to-week league. You know, it, nothing carries over usually, unless you're the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Things don't usually carry over to the next week. It's usually a clean slate. You start over. 
the Broncos are not that bad on defense. They have good players. Patrick Sertan, like they have, they have good players. Um, I'm, I got to imagine they'll be able to figure it out against this Chicago offense because what does Chicago do? Well, I mean, I don't know. Take away the run. And what, what, what can Chicago do to you? I don't know. I just, I don't got it. It's believe me. They're going to be going from Mike McDaniel to Luke Getze this, this week. I think Denver's going to see the difference in the, in scheme and game planning and all that. It's going to be a much different test that the bears are going to give the Broncos. And yeah, I agree with you. I think Justin Fields is going to play better. I think the bears will make some plays. Uh, but I think, I think this is Denver's game to win. I do. I think, I think the uh, issues with the bears are real. I don't think it's like gets magically solved. I think we'll see some better things in the ball game, Alyssa. But I'm firmly on Denver's side here. I, I try to talk. I remember, I try to talk myself into uh, going with the po- the points with uh, the Bears last week. Yeah, I said I'm not giving away 12 and a half points. Kansas City's not playing that good of football. And then I said, do it. And you you're did. Like, no, I'm like, you no, didn't no. listen to me either. You tried to convince me, just like your uncle. Was it your uncle there? Yeah, you tried yeah. to convince me. And then I play in the pool, this pool with like you know a bunch of people. You pick every game against the spread. I picked the Bears to cover. Whoops. <laughs> I was like, I was like slapping myself. I'm like, well, Alyssa tried to tell me. And I mm-hmm. thought, I thought the bears would, that was the spot. I thought that was a spot. Kansas city's not playing their best football. You're Owen two. Everybody's laughing at you. Everyone's saying you suck. Everyone's saying Justin Fields is, you know, he don't got it anymore. Backs are against the wall on the road, 12 and a half point dogs. That's the spot where you go in there and say enough's enough. We're going to, we're going to put it together. We're going to play a game. We're going to come out here and fight. And you give up 27 points in the second quarter. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. That's the thing, too. So a I fight. was expecting something bad. Yeah, I was expecting a fight that I didn't get, Alyssa. None. That's why, like, like you, like you, like you said, I don't think they're gonna be blown out. And if they are, someone needs to get fired. If you're getting blown up by this team, um, and you can't score or do anything. But I do think I, I take the Broncos and the points too. I think that's easy money again. So listen to me this time. Uh <laughs> Definitely easy money. I could see it being whether they win by seven or ten, but I, you know, I don't think it's something be a like blowout. that. Really something like that. Seven or something ten. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's so bad on so many different levels for the Bears. Like you mentioned, the fight. Like this team has given up. I feel like Eberflus has already lost the locker room, and then he's going to get up there after this game, after they lose, and try to sell us something that oh yeah we got a little better today. Uh, because you're playing a bad defense. Oh, look, yeah, we, we did some things better. We're going to get on track. He keeps saying that. This team's about to break through. And then you had Justin Fields comparing, um, like, after his post-game presser, comparing this team to the Lions from last year. And I'm like, yeah, but the Lions were in all of those games when they were down, when they were 1-6 last year. You know what I mean? Like, they were competitive. You've been blown out. I mean, it's completely different. I just feel like the Bears, there's just so much, and it goes so much wrong that goes so deep. That I I don't know I I think that this losing streak has 14 games and I'm maybe they have a better chance against Washington on the short week I don't know I don't I feel like the Bears players are I feel like the fans came more prepared for this season than than the players did yeah and we're seeing that and I feel like it's only going to get worse but hey at least the players are collecting a paycheck and it, it's a hefty one so good I mean just. I, I would. That's what I want to see out there this week. I mean, I don't expect them to win. I would like to see them be competitive. I want to see some progress on both sides of the ball. I know the defense is banged up, especially in the secondary. I want to see, especially the front seven who are healthy, like especially like the defensive line, get after the quarterback, do something on offense, do something. Like 
get into a rhythm, like, like look like an actual football team out there. It's crazy. Cause like when I watch other teams, I'm like, Oh, this is what football looks like. The bears don't haven't looked like that this season. It's nope. really frustrating. So I just want to see, I, I mean, now I do feel like I'm like Maddie for blues, but I mean, I'm, I'm expecting them to lose, but I do want to see some progress, but I'm not like Eber Flus where I think that everything's going to be okay. I'm well aware that it's not going to get better. Uh, and I'm just hoping that they get a couple wins this season. And Hey, Ryan, like you said, Bears could have the number one and number two overall picks uh, in the 2024 NFL draft. So, I mean, that'll be something yep. to write about. I already started last, uh, in, after the game last week talking about draft picks. And now I'm, I'm here again. It's week three <laughs> or week four now. It's pain. And we're talking about draft picks. Painful. <laughs> yeah. And this is wild. I know uh, Broncos Wire is trying to say, hey, we're in on Caleb Williams as well. Right. And I know yeah. uh, they had some funny <laughs> posts after their, you know, again, the line, 70, John. <laughs> against the 70, you know, the 70 burger after that thing. But some crazy stats. I mean, the Broncos, in terms of, I, I think the Bears have the worst defensive football. Um, but the Broncos, after the 70 burger, are, are now allowing, on an average, 40.7 points per game. That's dead last. The Bears are second to last at 35.3. So these two teams combined, Alyssa, are letting up 75 points per game, about 76 points per game. So should we bet the over? So like, take the over? Yeah. I was just going to say. Yeah. <laughs> The total is 46 and a half. So if folks want to, you know, believe that. But again, I don't think just I think that numbers obviously for the Broncos, that's inflated by the 70 yeah. burger. Like that's just, that's like three games of football right there. 70 points like you don't you know, that hasn't happened since 1966. And were they even throwing the forward pass back then? Like, I have no idea what football looked like in 1966. OK, uh, but yeah, it's um, it's wild. I think Denver's got to, you know. Ryan Poles can tell us all he wants about how he likes the the Bears on paper, but I think on paper the Broncos are a superior team to the Bears. They just have better players. They're better on offense. They got they're more competent on offense, I guess I should say. They average 23 points per game, middle of the pack. The Bears are obviously down in the bottom with 15 points per game on offense. So the the Broncos can score it a little bit better than you and again, the Bears have the worst defense of football. I I think it's hard to find a path for the Bears to win even at home given the state of their team right now as we speak, Alyssa. It's just, it just doesn't look good for them. But this is like, that being said, we're not predicting them to get blown out again, right? This, I mean, it's it could be winnable. Can they put it together? Can they put together a formula that allows them to stay in it and win it at the end? Maybe, I don't think so. I wouldn't bet on it, but maybe. You know, I, I do think it'll be, you know, Within ten points, ten or less, right? That kind of spread in this ball game. Yeah. That's that's kind of what I'm expecting. But I would take I would take Denver to cover. Absolutely, and I'm hoping for the fans' sake because this game is back in Soldier Field. And my goodness, if they struggle early, be the boobers mm-hmm. are going to be loud, and you're going to hear it over the broadcast easily. Did you see the Jets and fan who who lost his he, his teeth fell out when he was yelling yes, at Zach I Wilson? Did. Yeah, could we see something like that? Someone yelling at Justin Fields. God, give that cameraman a raise, by the way, too. Like that was excellent, excellent camera work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just want like crowd reactions, like yep. you know, like on college game day where they're showing the signs. I feel like I don't know, like make signs, Bears fans that are like you know making fun, and then just zoom in on those or something. Give us a laugh because we know it's always going to be just brutal watching this team. So I don't know. It's like you said, I don't expect them to win, but I do think they won't be blown out, right? Well, that's a win. But I do. I want to see some progress. I would love like the thing is I want the number one overall pick. I need a win too. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe like losing it helps get rid of Matt Eberflus, but I don't know. I just think this team just needs 
Well, we're, we're we're getting eerily close to a, going a full calendar year without them winning a game. Yeah. Um, what, what was it? Months, it, was Hall- it was Halloween, right? Last year? Halloween? The 24th, I believe. Okay, so yeah, right around. Halloween. Okay, so 24th is even sooner. <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> yeah, we're getting, we're a month away. We're a month away from it being a calendar year since the Bears won a game. I mean, imagine that and headline if you're putting that in. you remember what article. game it was? Remember what game it was? Yeah, of course I do. It was the Patriots game. <laughs> it was a primetime game <laughs> against you. the Patriots of Foxborough where... They brought back Mac Jones too early with the ankle. He threw a bad interception in the first half. The crowd was chanting Zappy, Zappy, Zappy. <laughs> Belichick pulled Mac Jones, put in Bailey Zappy. Zappy led two quick scoring drives. The Patriots took the lead. The place was going bonkers. It felt like Bailey Zappy was having his Brock Purdy moment, right? Like it felt like Zappy was the guy. And the Bears actually made adjustments in the second half and completely made Zappy look like a fool and a rookie. What? And uh, yeah, the Bears turned the page and dominated the second half and won that game going away. And that's the last game they won was against my Patriots in Foxborough in in a primetime game where we gave them no chance of winning the Bears. So you never know. It's the NFL. The Bears could look like a completely different outfit this week against Denver. Who knows? I'm not counting that on that. Game? I'm not counting on that. But that, that could game happen. feels like three years ago. It does. <laughs> the Bears have not won since then. Even though they played some interesting and kind of fun football from that point forward, they didn't win another ball game and netted them the number one pick. Uh, but Alyssa, hey, we might be playing that game again this year. It's it's starting to trend that way. It is starting to trend that way. So, all right. Well, there's our show uh, for this week. I hope you enjoyed it, Bears fans. Let us know. Let Alyssa know on Twitter if you could, or X or whatever the hell they're calling it these days. Whatever. Uh, but for Alyssa Barbieri, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Uh, we're just going to keep grinding through the season along with you. So if you've listened all the way through the podcast this long, just know that we appreciate you. Thanks for jumping on board. Stick with us. We'll stick with you. We're going to keep giving our honest feedback and we want to hear feedback from you if you could too. So be interactive with Alyssa and bears wire and all that. And, uh, we will catch you next week after the dumpster fire bowl to break that one down. Catch you then as always bear down. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.